Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. My name is Ben DeLaCram. My name is Jinx Monsoon. And you're listening to Eleven, the official theater podcast. Hello and welcome to Eleven, the official theatre podcast that brings the biggest stars and creatives together in one place to discuss life in the arts. They're the drag duo making international waves in the world of live performing as they perfectly merge the world of theatre and drag. No strangers to touring across the UK and afar, they brought us death, singing and a total camp makeover with their joint and individual tours. And this time, we're set to get down in the spirit of Christmas and the holidays with the return of the Jinx and Dayla holiday show. Live. Yes, two of the most instantly recognisable and beloved RuPaul's Drag Race stars are set to take to the stage in a post-apocalyptic mess extravaganza, certain to make this Yuletide gayer than ever before. After a year of doom, gloom and zoom, the Queens of Christmas have risen from the rubble to unearth your favourite holiday traditions, featuring smart comedy, brand new songs and lots and lots and lots of fun. So here in an exclusive conversation, we discuss finally getting back on stage with the brilliant The Return of the Jinx and Dayla Holiday Show live. Celebrating the holiday season for all, not just those that celebrate Christmas. How the power of great collaborations makes sense of the creative madness that so often goes on in our heads. And why they won't miss performing to muted audiences via the medium of Zoom. We also discuss teaching Courtney Act her now signature dress ripping off move way before she started out on national television in the UK. While they feature rather a lot in the now infamous drag queen epic fail videos that I know we've all seen online. And while they'll forever be happy to identify rather openly as Patti Lapone groupies. We also discuss why there's no drag without theatre and no theatre without drag. Their respective dream roles in the world of the stage and the presents that they'd send respectively to each other to open on a certain December date. Plus, you'll see how they claim their fuck it quota for this episode of Eleven, and why they're using every last token. So strap in as it's now time for a whole lot of laughs with Jinx Monsoon and Bendela Creme here now on this, the next episode of Eleven, the official theatre podcast. To ensure the safety of all involved in this episode of Eleven, Jinx Monsoon, Bendela Creme and I connected for this conversation digitally, so please forgive any brief moments while we wait for the internet to catch up. Enjoy.
please help me welcome to this, the next episode of Eleven. It's double the trouble and double the fun, and the only people that I'm happy to come down my chimney this Christmas. Sorry, Mum. It's Jigs Monsoon and Ben de la Creme. Hi, both of you. How are you? Hello. We're well. Thank you for having us. How are you doing? I'm good. Jinxie, how are you? I'm I'm damn good. I spoke on her behalf. <laughs> you don't believe me? You don't trust that I know how Jinx is? I was just thinking about how you said come down your chimney and then you like cheeked at that. Maybe that's a sexual innuendo, but that's going up the chimney, right? Well, I guess if you, you're, but you're like coming down the, I don't know. The point is we're women. So I I don't even know how that was applied. <laughs> Thank you both so much for doing this. I'm massive fans and also, I guess, loose friends. We can call ourselves that as well. So thank you so much Ooh, for agreeing to do this. is always a loose friend. Yeah. <laughs> William, I think, you know, you, you have to just call us friends at this point. We went and saw Patti Lapone together, for God's sake. Which means we're Patti Lapone sexuals. I don't know, how can we identify as like Patti Lapone groupies? I mean, I'm sort of all right with that. Are you? Yeah, I mean, she's Patti fucking Lapone. So, oh, can I say fuck? I forgot to ask. You can say fuck. That's absolutely fine. They have fuck in the in the uk what's the fuck equivalent in metric 500 fucks in one episode but that's your <laughs> limit okay not 501 are you okay with that okay cool. yes absolutely starting so, now <laughs> yes, welcome to fucking 11 okay wow this has gone off the rails very quick hi thank you so much for being here and we get to talk to you about actual live performances which after the last 18 months slash nearly two years is just feels like the best injection of fun camp, but also both of you. And even though we're doing this on Zoom, you're actually going to be coming to us in person, live in an actual theatre in a space where we guess we can almost touch you. I don't know if touching's allowed yet, but it's just so exciting. And, and I guess before we talk about specifics for you both, after all of this time and all the shit that's happened between, you must be so excited. Hell yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Fucking yeah. <laughs> I seriously, like, you know, these two years, the last big live thing that both of us really did was this tour in 2019, you know? It's so incredible that after this two-year period, this is what we get to jump back into. Mm-hmm. It These, I always knew how much I loved and needed live performance, but I would say these last two years really made me understand it in entirely new ways and to new depths. Yeah, because, like, you know, we've definitely kept busy, we put out a fucking film for fuck's sake. And, um, you know, we've kept busy. We've we've done all the things that all the drag queens have done in the last two years to stay viable and relevant in a digital age. But yeah, it's become abundantly clear to me that what I'm meant to do is be a live performer because digital can only get your rocks off so much, it's you know? <laughs> true. Your laptop never gives you the feedback that you're looking for. <laughs> it's like the kind of validation that we got into this business specifically for is only comes from a theater full of screaming, half inebriated strangers. Yes, homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Zoom definitely doesn't give me anything because I can't even get the microphone to work. So at least you, both of you are halfway there more than I am. Com- oh, sorry, it's a comedy killer to to tell a to tell a joke to a muted Zoom call. You know, because a a punchline without laughter is like winking at a winking at a girl in the dark. You started. You know a- you're doing it, but nobody else does. That's an Fab reference. Okay. British, well, right? all right. Nice. British. Like it, I guess, <laughs> but it is interesting that you started a sentence about a pun without any actual plan for what the punchline was. Listen, be. I'm a pro. I knew something would come. To me. 
<laughs> my gosh it started already also 10 points for an abfab reference that's very very good but <laughs> it must be weird though like even this sort of feels normal now but for the first sort of half of last year i can imagine it was slightly strange and as much as we joke about like, laughing and nobody really responding but like muted calls and waving heads and stuff if that's just not what you're meant to do like obviously i can imagine having seen both of you live together as well as individually half of it is the fun of you know the spontaneity it's in the room it's in the moment that moment's never going to happen again you can't do that via this yeah dale and i were actually just talking about even though our holiday show is very scripted um it still has room for you know like all live entertainment it still has room for in the moment, spontaneous, you know, stuff to happen. Hmm. And we haven't flexed those muscles in a while. So lately we've been YouTubing ourselves to remind ourselves that we're really good at banter because I, I know half the time, when I do a club gig, when I'm at a bar and I get on the stage with a mic, I have some go-to jokes, but most of it is like, I find what I'm saying to the audience in the moment based on what the audience is giving me. So in that way, drag queens are vampires. Well, and you know, we actually, we've been, cause we're creating the new show right now. And so we were looking at some of our past year's performances and it's really fun because we do build these really elaborate shows with these really, you know, well thought out set pieces, but it's like that, like, revisiting these videos of what happens when things go awry on stage and the two of us have to solve it together in real time is some of, I was like, oh, I can't wait to do this again. I can't wait to get on stage in front of an audience, have something go absolutely terrible, like terribly awry and then have to, have to figure it out with my, uh, with my my sis in improv. Oh, your sister in improv. I yeah, know, I thought you were with my with my cisgender improv. improv partner, <laughs> who I will be bringing on the road with me instead of Jinx this year. Surprise! Please tell me that you've both seen those drag queen videos where it's like drag queen's gone wrong, and it's like oh my god on YouTube, you know where like it all goes. But like that's sort of my idea of hell ending up on one of those. Well, uh, Jinx, Jinx can speak to that because I would say a solid 40% are starring her. I am in, a, like, there's a drag queen falling compilation and I think there's like four clips of me. And it's not that you necessarily have fallen more, but you have fallen uh, more grandly. I don't do anything halfway. It's true. There's a <laughs> wonderful video of her falling down in a production number and ripping Courtney X skirt off of her body. There's also Which an amazing- Which just became a thing for Courtney X. It for really her skirt did. to just fly off of her. <laughs> Wait, did that happen before or after her little stunt on the I ripped her show? skirt off before. Oh, so you were the inspiration for that. Yeah. She owes you royalties for that show. Yeah, try telling her that. You're gonna have to get <laughs> you're gonna have to get a, a penny for every dime she makes on that thing. <laughs> Taylor, I love how you literally didn't even take a breath before throwing Jinx under the bus. Then you were like, this has happened to you already. Do you remember? Let's oh, remember. well, no, this is some like, of the, because, you know, as an artist, I need to, I need to be able to speak about some of my favorite inspirational art pieces. And um, another one of them is when Jinx was in the UK and she's performing with major scales and he claps, knocks her drink out of her hand. She goes to yell at him and then falls off the stage. My heel hooked onto the, the back curtain and then I couldn't put my foot back down. So then I just fell forward 
and had to start the whole show over again. The it's point, pretty good. The point <laughs> is these are the golden moments that you can only experience as a live audience. You're not going to see all the times we fell down in the Jinx and Taylor holiday special. Those are on the cutting room floor. Yeah. Taylor, you chose to go on tour with her, right? You know that you actually have to do it together. Yeah, but I am the producer. So, <laughs> you know, I get, she knows that she could get canned at any stop along the way. So... Um, that's quite an introduction. Okay, cool. So you two still get on. That's a good start. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Let's talk about Christmas because it is my most favorite time of the year. And I know as is a it? homosexual, it's a lot of, it's very surprising. I can imagine to a lot of people that camp Christmas is something that I love, but I do love it because it instantly just makes you feel good. And I wondered before we talk about specifics of the show, is writing for this time of year easy because it only happens obviously around December are you like right I've got loads of stuff I'm saving up for December or is it quite difficult I guess as creatives how easy do you find it I think easy is the wrong word but we have developed a formula and we have developed like a method for working and we share actually a lot of sentiments on the holiday season, even though we play starkly contrasting characters on stage. Okay. You know, I think we both share a, a point of view similar to uh, the, the point of view that I portray on stage, but then Dela synthesizes the, the counter to that. So you've got one, it's Ren and Stimpy plus Christmas plus drag queens. There yes. you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and even my sort of like hyper positive character is more of a critique of that than anything else, yeah. especially in this show. Like our characters are pu are pushed so to the extreme by each other. Like Ben de la Creme is so much dumber in this show than she is in any other show she does. Um, but the other thing is, you know, it's like we, like Jinx is absolutely correct in that we have these this shorthand for working together now where we really like finish each other's sentences and we were really good sentences. at sentences right <laughs> we're really good at writing for each other but in terms of coming up with christmas content we've each been doing our own christmas shows for so many years that it is like every year it's like what else do we have to say about candy canes it's yeah. that is always a challenge but i think that it challenges us to come up with um, you know, every year, I think the content is in some ways more original because we're having to think more deeply about it. I think you do reach a point as an artist when you're like, wow, I've really said a lot of what I feel like saying. And so once you've hit that point, you have to go, OK, how can I say it in a new way? Or what's something I never thought would be a universal thing, but maybe this year it is. And you know, it, it's why I pretty much always work with a collaborator in all of my work. Even if I'm doing a solo show, I've collaborated with someone on it because I need someone to help me figure out what's 
Jinx's crazy thoughts that no one else shares and what are things that human beings think about. (laughs) And also in the title, it's not Christmas, it's specifically holiday. And I wondered, is that just the fact there's a difference between the word Christmas and holiday in the UK to the US or does it encompass all different parts of the holiday season? Okay, so we try to acknowledge and give room to the fact that this time of year does not belong to Christmas. We don't try to, we do. We acknowledge and give room to the fact that this is not just the Christmas time of year, but we also write from our own personal experiences. So we're not gonna stand up on stage and tell you what it's like to celebrate a holiday we don't celebrate, Mm -hmm. but we do really like hold a mirror up to society when it comes to the Christian dominance of this. That's actually not true. In 2019, I did an entire number about the the meaning of Hanukkah. So, (laughs) but also that is in Dela's character is to step completely out of her um, and what she has any right to speak about. But I think holiday largely gives us room to play wherever we want. You know, the the show changes from, from year to year and this allows us to like dive into whatever direction as we explore it. Cause you know, like we said, you have to, every year you're trying to mine for more material. So it's like, who knows, maybe we'll like dip into like a really inappropriate Kwanzaa (laughs) journey. (laughs) But you know, like you bringing that up, even that I would say you wrote a song about celebrating Hanukkah as an outsider, acknowledging the entire time through satire and and wordplay that you're very much an outsider. Yes. And that's how we do things. You know, if we're going to do something, it's going to be the most complex, meta, existential, esoteric way of doing it, which strangely resonates with a very broad audience. (laughs) And our characters, I think, seem like, you know, like they're making flippant spur of the moment decisions on stage. But we there's we're very careful about any topic that we dive into. We want it to feel taken care of and well considered. How does it vary in terms of location and geographically? Because I can imagine the UK's attitude to Christmas will be different to audiences that you have in the States as well. Well, yes and no. I mean, we very much write the show and give everyone the show that we wrote Um, But we do, you know, like last time we were in the UK with our holiday show, I like changed one line in the song from Applebee's to KFC because I wanted the joke to land. I would say the geographical influences are more in those spontaneous moments and those like, you know, those unexpected moments. Because if something goes wrong in the UK, we're going to deal with it in a British way. (laughs) And I think it's also, you know, just interestingly the differing feelings about this time of year vary so much from person to person that it that almost kind of one-ups regional experience and we really try to in the show um touch on multiple perspectives you know really think about the fact that everyone in the audience is going to have a really different relationship to this season and we want to figure out a way to speak to all of that and does this also eat into both of your love of the theater because i can imagine this is obviously there's a narrative there's a script there's a story so it's you both getting to flex your drag but also getting to flex your live performance slash character slash theater so it's like almost feels like the best hybrid of everything that basically means you can just go on stage and kill it yeah and I would say that's just kind of what we've always done and it's what we always do in our work you know even even when we're just uh, you know a guest star in a show in a bar or a club like if I have 20 minutes on stage it's going to be a 20 minute one act play you know (laughs) 
I've been saying this for so long and it's lost all meaning, but for me, there is no drag without theater and no theater without drag. Like I Mm -hmm. treat every theater role that I play, like how would I do this if this were a drag persona and vice versa with every drag show that I do, I'm like, how do I bring everything I know and love about theater into this performance I'm doing however long or silly it is. (laughs) Yeah, I think we both, came into drag very much. Uh, It wasn't as if we started drag and then we found these kind of ways of performing. It was all really, you know, Jinx obviously comes from a more traditional theater background, but the queens who inspired me, Charles Bush, Farla Jean Merman, you know, these, these queens were already doing those things and that's what made me fall in love with drag anyway, you know. Feels like the most perfect hybrid of both worlds and I love that analogy you just said, Jinx, about theatre and drag sitting perfectly together and that that's literally at both of your cores and I sometimes feel like theatre gets a bit of a bad rap and I love the fact there's this emergence of the two that seems to be sort of making it cool and I do think drag has a huge part to play in that. Well, I think one of our, you know, unspoken goals is maybe not unspoken. I think we speak a lot about it, but uh, (laughs) what we, um, what we hope to accomplish with each show is that if you come in as a drag fan, you leave with a greater appreciation for theater or you leave like going like, wow, that, that makes me want to see more theater shows. And if you come in as a theater, a theater enthusiast, then you leave going, I want to get more into drag now, you know? (laughs) Definitely. Christmas is the time and theme where pretty much anything is possible. So I wondered, is there a specific role in the world of theatre that we could just magically make happen for you? Is there anything that you think, I reckon if I did that, I'd be pretty bloody good. Wait, specifically in a Christmas capacity? If we're talking Christmas, then I really think I'd nail it as Jacob Marley in, I'd like to see, you know, like a really glamorous Jacob Marley in A Christmas Carol with just like rhinestone chains, a clinking and like, I've always felt like, you know, Jacobina really needed like this grand kind of entrance. So in, in the world of the holidays, that's my that's my theater desire. Everyone back off. I know you're all clamoring to play Jacob Marley, but <laughs> just I'm just it. saying that I can breathe new life into this character that people may have overlooked in the fact. That's in the insensitive. He's dead. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Wouldn't be as interesting if I breathed life into it. Now, Jinx, I can imagine yours would be either a witch in Wicked, because I would love to see that, or would you also then maybe just play like Aileen Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> My dream role has always been um, Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd, um, hence this wig I'm wearing right now. Um, Also the witch in Into the Woods. Can I just play a female lead in a Sondheim musical already? Um, But if I were going Christmas specific, I love playing villains. Um, I like playing villains more than I like playing heroes. And I would love to play like a real femme sissy Grinch or like a real like diva, like big titted oogie boogie person. (laughs) The oogie boogie person. I love it. And I'll play that floating dog ghost. Zero. Yeah, that one. Also, I cannot believe it's been 29 minutes already. This is literally the fastest episode of this podcast ever. But um, my final question for you, because I know that you've got a very busy day ahead with your gorgeous pink background and my very dull background behind me. But let's talk Christmas. Because it's also, by the way, it's the 28th of September when we're recording this. I cannot believe we're talking about Christmas already. But in terms of presents for each other, and this is like, oh gosh, 
what would be the best present that you could get your counterpart? And I want honest answers, not necessarily good presents. And then I can tell you what I'd get both of you. Acceptance. No. Um. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Jinx is Jinx is a witch. She'd probably want some sort of like fistful of like special rocks with energy in them or something. You like that kind of thing. Yeah. Aura. Aura. Um, yeah. And some aura. <laughs> I was going to say aura. Oculus headset. Um, <laughs> I think um, the perfect gift Dela could get me is... Um, I don't know. Wait, aren't you supposed to say what you give me? What I give you? Um, uh, the gift. Swift kick in the pants. No, I, if I could give Dela anything, I'd um, give her like a Ferris wheel in her backyard. <gasps> <laughs> or a bouncy castle. A bouncy castle. Yeah. Like something, definitely something that was intended for children that an adult has no business uh, <laughs> still getting into. You really one up to me. Okay, I'm going to give you the crystals in like a hollowed out skull of, a, of an unbaptized child. Oh my God. I'm not a dark witch. Um, but, uh, I'm a chaotic neutral. Um, but like, just to give you some context, this is the last gift I gave Dela for her birthday. It's, it's the top of a bowling trophy, but it's vintage. So it's made out of like actual metal rather than that cheap resin stuff. They make trophies out of nowadays. And I got to find something to screw it into because it's actually got a screw bottom here. You can't like set it down or anything. So it's got to be like a permanent fixture. Jinx wanted to make sure that whatever gift she gave me was going to be on display for eternity. I also gave her some face cream for mature skin. All right. <laughs> wow. Would you like to know what I would get both of you? Yes, yes. I would get tickets to your fucking show. How about that? <gasps> <laughs> oh my God. That is the greatest gift of all. Patronize the arts. Although Thanks. if I get you tickets, does that mean I'm performing? Because you can't watch and perform. So maybe this doesn't work. Well, you didn't really think this out. I've sort of, I fucked it at the end, didn't I really? Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> What, how can we end this in a positive way? I mean, if you both tell me to fuck off and we can end it there, does that work? Is that yeah? But first, I have a question. Okay. Um, what inspired the name of your podcast, Eleven? Do you, do you know the answer to this? <laughs> what? No, I don't. You know how in a theatre show there's an eleven o'clock number? It's the big crescendo. It's yeah, the, yeah. It's the big moment before the end. It's my okay. big. It's my big yeah. finish. Why can't you just? That feel- means this is it. That means that the you asking the question about what it means was actually the answer to the question. Yeah, but I just. Oh. Wanted to talk about dicks. Yeah, right. Well, fuck. <laughs> um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I cannot <laughs> wait to see you both. And I am gonna make. I am gonna ask you to tell me to fuck off in a second. But just thank you so much, and best of luck in the time between now when I actually get to see you both in a live theatre. I can't wait to come see it. But just thank you so much. Thank, thank you. We're William. excited to see you. I miss you and your sweet little face. Fuck off, William. Bye. Love Bye. you. <laughs> You've been listening to Eleven, the official theatre podcast. Find out more about Eleven at elevenpodcast.com or via the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.